0: all right welcome everybody to another episode of well the deal is um so to start us off because we i can't remember if we did this last time we've been kind of on and off about it but we want to bring back water cooler talk more regularly we
1: talked about the iphone that's weird we did it last time right (laughs)
0: But more specifically, we're changing water cooler talk to be a little bit more specific, and it's literally going to be you reviewing random stuff. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about.
1: So I've been just most of my meals. Well, I'm on about a 60% Soylent diet right now. Okay. Soylent is a meal replacement system. Are you about to review something? Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. We're just diving in. Yeah, got it. Why not? Awesome.
1: Uh, Soylent is a meal replacement system. It comes in powders. It comes in bottles. Those are the two options. The coffee flavors only come in bottles, but the chocolate and original flavors come in powders. Okay. So right now I'm just doing bottles because I'm just trying it out. And the powders are, you have to order them through their website instead of Amazon. So I'm just doing the bottles for right now. I'll order the powders later on. Um, it's weird. So that's 60 to 80% of my diet. Whoa. So I eat like one meal a day. Can you solid. survive on that? Oh, yeah. It's jam-packed of, you know, good fats, proteins, and vitamins. As long as you supplement it with like actual food occasionally, you're fine. And it tastes good? Um, they spend a lot of time in R&D making it in- inoffensive. So you take a <laughs> drink and you're like, all oh, right, I get it. But that's it. Like, it's not good. You had something to say, Elizabeth.
2: By the way, I'm here. Um, I was just laughing because I thought I was gonna ask you, Tommy. Are, are we being paid by? Uh, are we being no, no, sponsored no. by Swiglet right now? They are
1: a podcast sponsor, <laughs> usually. and like the whole thing is like it was created by a bunch of tech nerds who uh, wanted food to at their desk that doesn't get stuck in their keyboard. I think was the idea. Wow. Um.
0: So this is not for any sort of health reason
1: that. I mean, at it's, the it's, it's nutritionally complete for the most part. There's not a lot of fiber or salt, so you have to supplement those things, either with pills or with some actual food. Like a salted carrot would be the fiber and salt <laughs> supplement. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going okay. The uh, I don't know. None of the flavors are great, but the coffee ones kind of just taste like soy lattes. So if you close your eyes and don't think about the viscosity...
2: Viscosity can be kind of nice, like a milkshake. No?
1: Uh,
2: Viscosity is a not a pleasant word. You no. could say creamy, but there's no yeah. milk in it.
1: Yeah, I'm also off dairy completely, except for the two pieces of cheese I just ate. Yay, um, no cheese. Because, uh, I mean, I've eaten some meat. I'm like an anti-vegan. I'm eating meat still, but no dairy or eggs. Or... <laughs> so I'm like, kind of the, the parts of a vegan that a vegetarian isn't, is what I am.
2: Mm-hmm. You're so, vegan minus
1: vegetarian.
2: hmm Yeah. So,
0: so, like, on a scale of a moldy Jolly Rancher to a five-star meal, where does this land? Ooh.
1: Um. I mean, taste-wise, it's not bad, but it's very bland. Like, that's the point, is that it's bland. Yeah. Because uh, they don't want it to be, like, thoroughly enjoyable. The other thing is it's making food a lot better. Like... If I had McDonald's yesterday, that Dick's hamburger would not, cheeseburger, sorry, would not have been nearly as good as it just was. But I didn't eat cheese or McDonald's or anything yesterday, except like some rice and chicken at the end of the day. So like, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie.
0: So taste is not that good, but... No,
1: I mean, it's fine. But it, it
0: makes you feel better.
1: It makes me feel a lot better. The whole not dairy thing, I'm like a lot less tired <clears throat> this week. Because it's like on Mondays when I stopped eating dairy. Mm. And I feel a lot better. This would be a
2: good test, how you feel after that cheeseburger.
1: uh, Let me just run down. Uh, Soylent Coffeeist, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. The chai flavor, an 8 out of 10. It was pretty good. Vanilla. And this is all like on a scale of meal replacement shakes. It's a relative scale. It's Uh, not an absolute Wait,
0: what happened to my moldy Jolly Rancher to a five-star meal?
1: Because, okay, if I do that one to ten, then it's like <laughs> a two because it's closer to a moldy jelly ranch than a good okay, meal. Okay, okay, okay. But like on a scale of like protein drinks, shakes, whatever it is, meal replacement, whatever. It's like the chocolate one is probably about a six and a half. Vanilla is a six and a half, maybe a little higher. Coffee is seven. Chai is eight. I haven't tried the normal, but I've heard it tastes like pancake batter.
0: In a good way or a bad way? Because
1: that sounds like a bad... I've heard bad it way. in both, depending on <laughs> the right. person.
2: All right. I feel so like if your expectation is pancake batter, it could be good. If your expectation yeah. is anything else, it would be terrible.
1: It's like cake batter ice cream. If you thought you were eating vanilla, you're going to vomit. <laughs> yeah. But if you know it tastes like cake batter, you're good to <laughs> It'll go. It'll be good. All right. Wow. All right.
0: Well, first review from Tommy on our water cooler talk, which maybe we need to rename if you're just going to be reviewing stuff, but...
1: Yeah, we'll figure it out later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we sat down and we chatted with, uh, two of my friends, TJ and Jessica Meany. And, um, they are going to dive into the wild world of boundaries. And um, as we kind of go along through the interview, it kind of morphs into really how to live in community with the people around you, um, Christians and even non Christians alike. Um, so let's give a listen to that and then we'll jump back in and discuss it with our regular podcasty, hosty folks. Okay, so uh, I am here with my good friends, Jess and TJ Mini. Do you have a flip phone? I do have a flip phone. Wow. So I'm super excited to have you guys in here. I've been trying to do it for a while. Oh yeah, good, good move. Um, so tell me about yourself. Maybe we'll start with you, TJ. Me? What, yep. what's, what's your deal?
3: Uh, let's see. Um, I'm a Christian who believes in Jesus. Um, I work in IT right now. I've actually worked in churches my entire life up until the past year. Um, I worked at about three different churches, but I also worked at the Apple Store. <laughs> so <laughs> very, That's a di- very diverse. Yeah. All of them. A lot of Kool-Aid going on. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's yeah. So now I'm actually not working in a church anymore. I felt called away from working in a church. And to be more of a and what, what church were
0: you working at? I forgot.
3: I was working at I was working at well, last one I was working at is Orcas Island Community Church. So I lived on Orcas Island when we got married and then moved there. Jess and I, who you will meet soon.
0: Jessica, we're moving on to you. Hey. What's your deal?
4: I don't know what to say. Why about are you myself. here? No, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why am I here, David? Um, I am Jessica. I'm married to TJ. I That's also true. love Jesus. I work at an early childhood center that I've worked at on and off for, like, several years. It's at a Jewish synagogue. Um, What else? I used to work...
0: And you're not from here, right?
4: I'm not from here. I'm from New Mexico. Yeah, anyways. um, What else? I used to work at... I came to Seattle because I went to Calvary Chapel Bible College, Seattle. Mm, And I used to work there as the dean of women. And then... Yeah. And then helped get Calvary Ballard launched and started. On
0: the map. On the map. Before it was even Calvary Ballard. Yeah. When it was Calvary Wedgwood.
4: Calv- Calvary Wedgwood. Well, yes. first it was a yes. home group with just first me, yeah. Andy, and one other person at the time. Hey, I was there. No, no, no. The very, 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 even before that. Really? Yeah. They told us like at our home group. It used to be a Calvary Fellowship home group. Oh, okay. And they were like, okay, we're okay, actually okay. going to turn this home group into like a wow. church plant.
0: So you guys are founding members of this church. Not? Least, no, probably and not. And by association, yeah. this podcast. Um, okay, so good, good <laughs> intros. So, uh, what are we, what are we talking about today?
4: Boundaries. <laughs> boundaries.
0: Yeah. Yay! I'm actually excited about this. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna talk about something else, and then last minute we pivoted. They pivoted to boundaries, and I'm excited because I think yeah. this is more of an overarching yeah. topic that hits a lot of other things that people deal with.
4: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully.
3: Yeah. We'll see.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, give, just me, to, give me the synopsis. I'm going to try it. The,
3: the elevator pitch. I did it. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so boundaries are an interesting topic, um, as Christians, especially because it's one of those things that can be, um, uh, viewed, uh, viewed weird because of the whole religious aspect. We have a book that tells us we're supposed to be, um, a certain way oftentimes and we're supposed to be held to higher standards and stuff, but then there's a whole culture we're living in that's, like, all about um, just being free and, like, living the life the way you want to live it and, like, doing whatever you want, essentially. So the boundaries are an interesting thing because it's hard to find a balance there, you know?
4: And to add to that, I think it's hard to find a balance when you don't believe, even being a Christian, you may not believe the same thing as the person sitting next to you, Yeah. right? Like, you might have interpretations that are a little bit different mm-hmm. and i think that can be hard to navigate yeah. in the church
0: so it's almost like and tell me if i'm saying this right or wrong but it's almost like how do you as a christian have healthy boundaries like how to go about that especially when you're interacting with other people in like community in close proximity who may not be christian who are christian who come from a different denomination or or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. exactly because it's hard because it's like you know, like
3: what what part of the boundaries are you? What part of the boundaries are coming from somewhere else, and you feel like it's something you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. like and it's, and the thing is like like I explained this earlier, but it's uh, it's hard to, to like every every two relationships are different. Like my relationship with Tommy is different than David's relationship with Tommy, and like and then all of these things are are different for everybody. So in the same way, everyone has a different relationship to let's say alcohol or. Mm-hmm. Um, like some men don't struggle with lust as much as the next one. Or right. like, like there's a, there's variations to each different thing. And it's kind of a hard conversation because like one person's, um, personal struggle could be considered, <clears throat> um, overdoing it in another one's eye, in mm-hmm. another oh, person's right. eyes.
4: Right.
3: So, so it's like a very gray.
4: Well, yeah, I think it is, it's like most things in life, very gray and then at the same time has a lot of black and white.
3: Yeah, it's true. And that's where the Bible comes into play, right? Because yeah. it's like this thing that is really great about Jesus. Jesus is like, yo, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So how do you do, I mean, like how do you have your own personal boundaries without like possibly offending someone else? Like have you ever come into kind of that situation where you have something you believe in and maybe it's in conflict with someone else? Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Cause I think that's the most common thing. And I think, especially in Seattle, mm-hmm. people are very scared of offending other people. Uh, to be, I mean, to be totally transparent,
3: I, I was a person who didn't really have, um, I haven't really thought about boundaries nor that I feel like that was something that was a big, important thing or something that I felt was even necessary for me. I gave myself way too much credit throughout pff, 99% of my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think, like, like for me, a good example would be probably, um, uh, like, I'd say two, three years ago, like, I, I, I drank a lot. And, like, I pretty much was, like, I wasn't, like, a party frat guy, but there's no other <laughs> way to explain it. <laughs> that
4: doesn't sound like. Oh, that? he definitely brought me to like a frat party. Like yeah. it was. It's funny because you do not look dates. like a, that yeah. sort
0: of person. Thank you. You look like a standard hipsterish Seattle. <laughs> I don't know if that's better.
4: It's
3: better. It's better. It's better. It's, better, it's, it's, better, better, it's, it's better. definitely
0: better. Anyways, yeah.
3: I so it's kind of it's kind of hard because, li- like leaving that. Let's say you're the fun guy. Like, you're the fun guy, and like you may, you, you like. I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm pretty, I was a pretty fun guy to be around. And like, (laughs) I, I like, I would like, this is, I know this is probably too transparent, but like, like I would get other people to drink more. Like I would drink more. Like I would be, I was the, I was the leader of the ridiculousness. I don't know. Right. Yeah. You're so, the instigator.
0: Yeah. Yes. So like yeah.
3: Le- le- leaving that world, like let's say you, there's a certain view of you. Like I have a few different friend groups. So I usually kept them very separate from each other because that's how I was. And like,
0: okay, I'm getting the picture yeah. now. <laughs> I'm yeah. Getting the picture.
3: So, um, yeah. So pretty much leaving leaving those things. All this like the, all of a sudden like you're not the fun guy anymore. You're not doing the same things you used to be. You have to, you're like serious now. Like mm. you like are trying to like, like be. Are you like better than us, or like mm. like I'm not saying any of my friends said that or anything. I'm not saying anyone yeah, I knew no. like subconsciously though might have been there. It just felt it, it felt weird. It's just a very disconnect. Like it's like once you realize like to actually grow in your faith and in your relationships with others, like there's things that you need to set. There's realizations you need to have about yourself mm. um, to to continue to grow, or else you you'll like just peak and get sad, which mm. happens and happened to me, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, like about a year before I got married, like I kind of had this realization, but kind of kept like doing, like I kind of was like, you know what, there's probably a change that should be hmm.
0: made here pretty soon. And then what did that do to that, that friend group that you were talking about? What what, what change in that dynamic? Anything or?
3: No, I, that's the problem. I mean, nothing still. Like if I hang out with them still to this day, <laughs> it, it seems it's pretty a, much the same. It's hard. I, I go back. I tap into my, my, myself. In Which a isn't their fault. Your frat party fault. self? My frat party <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs>
4: but really, it's right. that's how you I, did, describe I, did,
3: I, did, I did I described myself I That was my a anthem.
5: direct
4: quote. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, but I feel the need to chime in just real quick Please and do. say that it's and say that it's not their fault. It's I think nor I do I think it's TJ's fault. I think it's hard when you have been one specific way with people for so long for them to not see that kind of change coming. Like it's not like it was conversations yeah. that you all had that you all decided like, you know, these we need to set boundaries in our lives in these ways. It was like you and also simultaneously started dating me.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, and that look. That's makes, a whole other level. Which of made this. it
4: look a certain way. And oh, so I man. think it's not necessarily that it's anyone's fault. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to clarify. But in case <laughs> any of those people listen to this. Oh, yeah. I like thinking about that now. I was like. um, so, yeah.
0: I mean, it almost sounds like there's different parts of boundaries, and one of them is, you know, you need to make a change in your life, and that goes above and beyond, you know, some relationships you, you have with people, right? Yeah. Some of those relationships will not survive mm-hmm. a really big kind of, like, paradigm shift or change in what you believe. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Is, is that, am I getting that right? Yeah, or? for
3: sure. Yeah, like there's decisions that can be made, especially like, yeah, like your relationship with God and like your growth in the long run is more important than a lot of things that it could be very controversial. Well, and I right. think
4: you have to get to a place of growth where you feel like you can go into those situations confidently and sticking to like,
3: oh, yeah, who you
4: are, mm-hmm. being true to who you are despite the people around you. And I don't think those those friendships necessarily have to end as much as that sometimes they need a break like because sometimes it's hard you are not in a place yet where you can enter those situations confidently because you haven't grown there yet you haven't gotten there yet
3: exactly And what i think is i think we're unpacking something that i feel like i hear a lot and it's like oh we're just growing in different directions like whether it's a relationship or like friendship like oh we're we're just different people now it's like that like this is these are the kind of things that that lead that like create that that make that happen so mm. it's pretty interesting <clears throat> to like dive into that one simple comment like you hear so much, i hear i know friends who've broken up because we're just we're just different people now but no one ever really like dives into why that is like yeah. are your values different like mm-hmm. uh, do you care about this more than this person they weren't like, acknowledging that or like working on that did you even communicate that in the first like there's a lot of different questions that come from yeah. that that oftentimes aren't always discussed
0: so so I think, so when we're talking about boundaries, I think what we're really talking about is, and you guys mentioned this earlier, there's some black and white things that the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. we're really talking about boundaries is a lot of the gray area stuff. Um, and so we kind of talked about, okay, how do you approach that with when you're changing quickly and how to deal with maybe people in your life that aren't, that are in a different place. That's one thing. What about mm-hmm. more specifically within a Christian community, right? Like mm-hmm. how do you, and I think that's, probably for our, our audience, what's going to be the more common thing is how do you deal with gray areas, boundaries within your Christian community? Like, cause I see that, I see it all the time, like with parenting, like being a new dad, mm-hmm. there's so many things, so yeah. many things oh, yeah. when you hang out with another parent and how they're parenting, there's, it's, it's like a battle minefield of all these little boundaries that are coming up and constant disagreements. Mm-hmm. And like, that's one example Drinking is another example. Like how do, you, how do you kind of go about that in like a Christian setting?
4: There is being teachable. And then there are times that you need to be teachable. And then there are times also that you, it's not so much that. I think we are tempted to look at things like I'm right or I'm not right. Or they're right or they're not right. Right? And it might be that for this season in your life, this is what you need to be doing. And they're gonna say something completely different you know what i mean and challenge that a little bit and you should be open to that but i also think you need to have a certain uh confidence maybe in like your relationship with the lord or in just who you are and knowing that like okay i constantly cross this boundary and that's a bad thing like it Mm -hmm, ends up bad for me so regardless of whether or not this person thinks that's right Mm. i know for myself that this is right for me right now and i think that's hard to do because like for me I have friends on like in very liberal places in life and I have friends in very conservative places in life and I always feel like I'm like the moderate who's in between Mm -hmm. and I can't fully relate to either of those sides but at the same time I always at the end of the day have to I think it's hard to hold that without being somewhat bitter at both sides yeah. and feeling like extremely misunderstood. But at the same time, I can see from their side. and I can all and I can also see that their intention in kind of like calling me out on that is to love me mm-hmm. and not like, yeah. they truly believe mm-hmm. what they believe. Yeah, and they're trying to look out for me. Mm-hmm. And I also know what i need right now mm. and it's that you know yeah. what i mean so, so it,
3: yeah that it, was really big no no, no no that was really good actually, cause I, actually I completely agree that's like in a sense uh you, yeah like you you have to you have to enter things enter conversations with your own views and, and opinions kind of set like you've like not set but you have to like be able to stand up for it if you feel like it's time to stand up for it and you have to not when it's time not to yeah like if you're if you view this thing and you're like confident like let's say it's pro like nah, i don't want to go under, yeah don't. i'm not let's cut that out. it's not i'm not gonna go <laughs> into
0: that. what is that i want to know just go
3: well, we're, we cut. cut. Let's cut it out. I'll check the but, timestamp. Okay, yeah. uh, but like pro, like pro choice versus pro life. Like uh, we're, I'm this, very, this like I'm thinking like, <laughs> I know. I'm very, I'm Guys. very pro pro life. We're very, very pro life. That's good. Yeah, sure. that's great. Um, and like, and like we're entering a conversation. Someone's trying to like, like, let's say it's like drinking six six drinks versus four. And like the other person's like, six is a lot, dude. You're like getting trashed, like you're like clearly drunk, like when you're drinking that much. But and you're like, but but it's six. It's not that much. Blah blah. blah. And but, like, you should be open, like this is a situation where you should be open to um to changing maybe like maybe like if someone's giving you that information, like taking what they're saying versus like there's things like let's say pro tracer versus pro life more of a black like and white. more of a black and white yeah. thing for us, and like God, I think will give us that clarity of like what is um black and white, and what's not.
1: I have like two good friends and and a few other people in my life who at various points in their life, have decided to not drink at all and it hasn't been, like, hard. I haven't been, like, devastated by it. But there are times where it's really hard to not be like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know? And, like, I have a specific friend who just started not drinking. And it's really hard because, like, I mean, it's not hard. But it is, it is hard to not kind of be like, oh, come on, you used to drink yeah. and it wasn't a problem. And I don't think it really ever was for him, but it's just a choice he's made, and I should respect that regardless. Because I don't even—he doesn't even go why into into why he made the really? choice, and it doesn't, you know, to me it doesn't matter. I shouldn't care. I yeah. should just respect it and right. not be like, bah. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm the
3: I'm the same way. As you. And then like, oh.
1: but then there's another friend who's never had anything to drink, and it's easier for me to accept that because I'm like, oh, he just doesn't drink. Yeah, and like it's so dumb to be like. Oh, well, this guy stopped drinking, therefore it's harder for me to accept mm. versus somebody that's never drank, where I'm just like, okay, that's just what he's chosen to do. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like, that's kind of funny because it's easier for me to accept one over the other when in reality it's the same thing. They just both don't drink right now. Right. right. And it doesn't matter either way.
4: Totally. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard when people are making such stark changes to, like, be able to accept them because if fe- you like I felt like before like you're betraying me yeah. <laughs> Like this is what we do. This is fun. Why are you doing this now? Yeah. It's sad yeah. I think a lot of people have felt like that yeah. in TJ's life too. I yeah. was the
3: rally rally girl man <laughs>
4: Gosh. He was the woo
3: girl I was a woo wow. girl. and well, it, That's my strength finders. I'm woo
1: <laughs> Like you said like it's not it's their choice, but it does feel kind of like oh you're turning your back on the way we are friends And it's so dumb to like, like just change that, but that's a hard thing too. Is like, you get into these social patterns, and it's really hard to like, change the way we interact with people over time. And one thing that's been big for me is like. um, I chose not to. uh, In high school, I chose not to smoke weed at all, and that actually drove a wedge between me and some good friends. Yeah, who I haven't seen since then. And that's fine, but it's just like that's one more thing where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it is. That's
3: crazy. You kind of see, like, cause I mean, I agree. My friends, some of my friendships were built on that those experiences that yeah. came from alcohol. Like yeah. that
1: was the source
3: of our relation, uh, like a relationship with people. Like we only that was just kind of what it was. Mm. Like in the same way, I'm sure like some, like some people get together to play poker. Like, and that's all they do. They just play poker together, which is fine because there's a level of fellowship. But like when it's rooted at something that's kind of weird like that, I feel like yeah. it's kind of like,
5: mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Well, also I think like kind of going off of that, it's, you know, we want as human beings, we want really badly for somebody to back us on the things that we're doing. Like it feels good when you have support. Like, um, and so when you're doing, I think when you say, you know, I'm not going to drink anymore. Um, and your friend who drinks with you, hears that they hear, and I don't think you should either. Yeah. Right. And, and even though that may not be what you're saying, I think it's hard when we feel like people don't, um, agree with the things we're doing. But I also think that's a lot of like confirmation bias. Like we want, We crave people to the affirmation from people. We want Mm -hmm. them to affirm the things we're doing. And I think that's the hardest part about having boundaries that are different from your friends is exactly that. Like, how do I have a boundary and still affirm you in the thing that you're doing, but not indulging? Like, how do I go to drinks with my friends and then like not drink and that not be like I'm saying something to them? Do you know what I mean? Because that's it feels like I've been with people who go out to drinks with us and then they're like, oh, I'm not drinking. And Mm -hmm. it feels like they're like...
0: Judging you. Yeah. So I think kind of to your point of like in some sense when you're talking about boundaries and you're in Christian community, there is... In, there's some cases where there's no way for someone not to feel alert or hurt or whatever. And I think it makes me think of, uh, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen, where it says as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And I think that's a really good picture because when you're in community and you're in close proximity with people, there's friction, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no way around that. People yeah. are imperfect. People are sinners. People right. are annoying. Yeah. So the thought of having boundaries in close proximity with other boundaries, and they're not being friction is impossible, right? There's yeah. no way to do it. Iron sharpening iron is not like a light, you know, yeah. thing. It's it's an intense friction. Right. Sparks. You're breaking down two pieces of thing yeah. to make something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- it is a little bit of in my mind, you kind of just got to stick it out, and you're yeah. you're gonna get hurt, and feelings are are gonna get hurt. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think it even speaks to what you're talking about, Jessica, of being teachable, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like. Kind of yeah. a practical application of yeah. that.
4: Yeah, I also want to just real quick point out that yes, I think so. I also think there are times that you need to be, um okay, I always hated this, but like thick skinned mm-hmm. and soft heart, like you need to be able to take in what somebody's saying and run it through a filter of like, is that true mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. Or is that just where they're at in life? Mm-hmm. and And then be able to, I think accept them for where they're at in life. Like, I think as the person who somebody else is coming to and is like, these are my boundaries now. Like, I think sometimes it is like friction that rubs up against something you're doing and you're like, no, I need to change that. And you should be able to receive that. But I also think there are times that you also need to take that in and run it through that filter and prayer and just decide like, Okay, that's where they're at in life right now, and also how shifting that from we want to internalize things so much, it's all about us, and shifting that and being like, okay, I don't feel like that's necessarily true for me right now, but how do I support them mm, in good. where they're at right now and the ways that they're growing?
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's hard to do, especially mm-hmm. like, it's extremely like, hard to do. like, and when you're like, I mean, I'm like, I consider myself pretty self-absorbed. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Just
5: kidding, it's not cool, it's awful.
3: But, like, that makes it harder in those situations because it's, like, how, like, it's so easy to internalize and be and, and be about, like, your opinion and what, what is it, what's going on in your head versus, like, being, like, this is for...
4: And those kinds you know. of friendships aren't as fun. Like, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not as fun to it's be true. with people who don't yeah. like to do the same things you want to do all the time. But at the same time, those are also the friendships that you probably learn the most from... Yeah. And grow the most from, and also go through lots of things together, mm-hmm. and come out on the other side like stronger friendships for right. it. Like I know that I can tell, I have like a certain set of friends that I know I can tell where I'm at with honestly. They can
0: handle
3: it, and they
4: can handle that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and it's kind of annoying, and that's that's the whole thing I've been learning. It's like, it's like reevaluating like. Who has God put in my life that is sharpening me, and that I can sharpen? Like, mm-hmm. like kind of being aware of those things rather than just taking things as they come, because mm-hmm. yeah. it's really easy to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and it's almost kind of like in my mind. And this is a weird way to say it, but it's almost a call to arms in the sense of there are very few people like that. That like that is a scarce commodity mm-hmm. in our. It, I mean, everywhere, and I think in Christian communities of people that can handle that kind of stuff. And totally. we'll we'll stick it out and have that. I mean, it, I think in my mind, it boils it down to like very simple Christianity, but in able to to be able to do that, you have to, you know, be focused on Christ, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. To talk about where you were saying you can't have the focus be on yourself. Yeah. It has to be outward focused or else, you know, it's not sustainable. But I also Absolutely. think like
4: in a psychological sense, that can take its toll. Like it is such a fine balance that I think really can only be accomplished when you're in a good place with the Lord and when you Mm -hmm. have a good community around you in other ways. Like, um, when you do, like, I think you need a good balance of people who do agree with you and then people who don't, Mm -hmm. because I also think like if you're the type of person who can't emotionally separate those things, and I think some people can't, then that becomes... Kind of like the differences in boundaries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you take those really personally to heart. Because I think some people are just more emotional beings and they hear things very emotionally. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. They they take away the feeling they had from that conversation, mm-hmm. not what was said. Right. And I think that um, if you're that kind of person, I don't think there's anything wrong with being that kind of person. But I think if you are, you have to have some of the other side right. in your life. Because I think you run a dangerous line of being really bitter at everybody Mm -hmm. for not agreeing with you or understanding or for kind of like judging you or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think you have to be, have a good community around you and you really have to be like in a good relationship or good place with God. And I think if you can't do that, then maybe you shouldn't be in those conversations.
3: Exactly. Because if you're not and you just get defensive in every conversation, no one's gonna want to like have conversations with you about it anymore well
4: and not not just that but for your own well-being i think it can be really unhealthy as a person to um be you you can take on everybody's stuff all the time yeah and then it's none it's not you it's just you taking on you know what i mean it's just you're literally just like a filter you're not Mm -hmm like taking anything in and you're not pushing anything out, it's just running right through you and it's exhausting. Like, yeah. And so I think, you, I think people need to be careful and know themselves and know where they're at with things and be able to like pray and work through those parts of our personalities because we're all very different and we take things in very differently. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't, how do I put this? I want to say this very compassionately because I feel like I know a lot of people who are very emotional and I also like have my moments, but like I have a tendency to take on people's burdens as if they're my own, my own a lot and it can be exhausting. And so I think that's why I'm stressing that filter so much of like taking it, running it through and being like, is this right for me or not? Because I can feel like in a state of emergency, if somebody brings something up, That I've never thought about if that was wrong or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I've never felt like that was wrong. Am I wrong now? Or, Mm -hmm. or like, feeling almost pity towards them for thinking that that's wrong. Like, it's so hard to be there for people. And because I always say, like, we need to take more responsibility in each other's lives. We need to insert ourselves into each other's lives to be outward focused, like we were just talking about. Um, but at the same time, finding that balance of being outward focused and inserting yourself into somebody's life and taking taking care of them to the best that you can without completely losing yourself in doing that mm. is a hard balance to have as well. But I think that that is possible because yeah. I think Jesus was a good example of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've definitely been the guy who takes on everyone's stuff all the time. Mm. And like it's it sucks. Like there's oh. That's we're supposed to be there for people, but we're not supposed to be there more than Jesus is for people. Exactly, we're not supposed yeah. to be there, yes.
0: that's very tweetable. Yeah. We're not like supposed
1: to be there prayers and the therapists, <laughs> okay. you know, like Yeah, exactly. I've I've straight up told my friends, like, dude, I'm not your therapist. I can't handle all of this at once. Like, there's a reason you go to a therapist who doesn't know you personally. Mm -hmm. Because they can dissociate your problems from their feelings for people Mm -hmm. because they don't have a personal relationship with you. Like, that is the point. Otherwise, people get way too exhausted with it. That's so good. And I think that, like that's honestly why I had to start seeing a therapist because I would, I would lean on other people emotionally too much. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I love my therapist. He's a Christian and he's super cool. Um, But like, it's really like, you can't just treat everyone like they are Jesus or a therapist or a pastor or like, you know, you can talk to your pastor about stuff. You can talk to your friends about stuff, but it shouldn't be like, I'm I have these problems. Let me talk to everyone in my phone book.
4: <laughs> yeah, totally. And then
1: and then hopefully one of them will strike, you know, the right response and then I'll like that and then okay. that's what I'll use. Like
3: Yeah.
4: And it's not that you shouldn't talk to them. No. It's that you don't need to lose that expectation that yeah. they're gonna be Jesus for you somehow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Someone once told me too, the level to which you're struggling, assume that the people around you are struggling twice as much.
1: Yeah. Because,
4: and don't, so you can't, I mean, we look at people, I think, and we think, like, they've got it, mm-hmm. and then you realize, like, you have dumped all of everything on them, and they've kind of just come back with, like, I'm so sorry to hear that. What do you feel and that you're, lot? like, <laughs> and you suck. Like... But really, they just probably either, like, well, yeah, like, what's our expectation of their responses? And also, like, they've got their own stuff to worry about. Yeah. Like, it's not all about you and your problems all the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's good. Yeah, I think it's good because uh, kind of to let, like, in my mind, package it all, um, because I need that because I get confused very quickly, like TJ <laughs> mentioned. Um, like, boundaries, it's, like, the, such a, this, like, multifaceted thing where it's, like, like, at the beginning we were talking about boundaries as it relates to a big shift in your life and how does that work with people who have a completely different view? That's that in my mind that's almost outside of christianity. There's boundaries within christian communities and even that there's two things that's how do i have my boundaries and stay strong in that and not hurt other people's feelings? And then how do i kind of receive and interact with people who have differing boundaries in my in my christian community? Mm-hmm. And it, it it even goes into you know, how to, one, like you're talking about be teachable, the receiving part, and two, how to call people out in a loving way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like all, there's this three scenarios and the sub kind of things within them. So I think Mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah. I have one more more thing. Yeah. Go for it.
3: (laughs) Just, I mean, kind of like what Tommy was talking about, and it's something I've been learning a lot too, is because I rely on, I rely on other people a lot and I feel like it's important to it's important to, to develop those boundaries and set them yourself and then like hold them up yourself and not rely on other people too. Cause like, that's an easy thing to do as well. Like you believe a certain thing and you, obviously if it's coming from your mind, it's hard to be confident in that sometimes. It's hard to be like, oh, you're right. You know what? I need to chill with, with this because it's something that I overdo oftentimes. And like, you need to be able to set that like with God, be confident in that and then uphold it and not rely on other people to be I oftentimes will rely on like Jess or other people to uh, like like we'll have conversations about boundaries and then like I'll just make other people hold them for me and I'll like mm. I'll like kind of push it a little bit yeah and then I'm like wait hold on is right. their responsibility I, I set this bound yeah, yeah I set this boundary I need to
1: hold this boundary
4: yeah people aren't
1: your mom okay
0: cool so let's chat about this um. So, so like I mentioned before, uh, it's a good interview with Jessica and TJ Meany. They talked a lot about boundaries, about living in community. Um, it was a lot of the, the, the thing I like about this topic is it, it well, one thing it is a little bit, uh, it can be a little bit ambiguous, I think, but the thing I do like about it is that it affects really everybody. Um, and it encapsulates something that we all deal with on a daily basis, which is people like living in and around people. How do you do that in a healthy, good way that promotes good Christian community, vibrant community and and fellowship with one another and kind of more specifically around um, boundaries. So, so what did you guys think of um, kind of their ideas around, you know, how to have your own boundaries without maybe offending or or putting people off if that makes sense
2: um my first I uh, had this conversation with my mom recently because there's something in particular that I am starting to feel very passionately about and I talk to her about it all the time and she is just like you know what you're making me feel really judged (laughs) and we had this conversation about it and what she convicted me about is the more you talk about something you're starting to be convicted about it's like a way of feeling like you're doing it without actually doing it so I think (laughs) a good starting point would be don't talk about it just do it just live your life and do it but I also think the flip side to that which TJ and Jess were talking about is if you never talk to the people around you about these important things in your life then you're not having community so that doesn't answer your question, but as a good starting ground for what we're going to talk about in that particular area, what do you guys think about that?
0: I think that's good. I think yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I'm not as verbal, but even I have this tendency of if I'm really passionate about something or I'm thinking about it, even before I'm actually doing it,
1: I'm telling everybody
0: yeah. around me about it like I am doing it, which isn't very helpful.
1: It's actually the opposite of helpful. Um. Because when you tell people you're going to do something, your brain triggers the same response as if you've done it. Right. And so
2: (laughs) the more you talk about it, the less you actually do it.
0: (laughs) You know, that's a good point. Um, I've been reading this book that uh, Andy actually gave me a while back on the art of pastoring. And and one of the things this this pastor mentions is people don't want this kind of liturgical minister in their lives. No. No one is looking for that. What people want is a friend right? And he gives this example of how he meets this guy and they hit it off because they both like bluegrass, right? And he goes and he just plays bluegrass with him because he likes bluegrass and he wants to play with him. And that develops a relationship that in turn, you know, the guy starts walking with with the Lord, right? But it it was through friendship. It wasn't through this kind of structured evangelism, which I mean, uh, (laughs) on the flip side of that, a lot of times that, that is needed, right? But
2: I guess yeah, it's a personal boundaries kind of thing,
1: yeah. and like it, it's all case by case. And I think that's one of the things that really I think that's the thing that we touched upon that resonated with me the most, is that everyone in your life who you interact with, everyone who you influence, everyone who influences you, it's all in its own way. you know? Mm-hmm. Jesus had very different relationships with each of his apostles. He had different relationships with them than he did with Mary Magdalene, or that he did with Mary the Virgin Mary. Like, yeah, different relationships for different people because different people need different things from you.
0: You know, as a pastor, you're interacting with all different types of people. You know, you're going to hospital visitations, you're, you're, you're doing, you know, you're interacting with people who are Christians or not Christians, old friends, you know, you're hanging out with a lot of different people. So when you're going and you're meeting someone who has radically different boundaries than you, um, like how do you approach that? Do what you What
1: kind of boundaries do you mean? Because, um, I mean, we just keep using the word and we're not defining it. And that's confusing. a lot of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you mean not offending
5: somebody. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, so so that's, I mean, it would be cultural and personal, I think. And maybe moral. Depends on how far it goes. Right? I mean, like, here's, here might be an example, at least in my mind. Like, I go to a hospital visitation, which I do fairly regularly. And I get calls periodically from people who aren't Christians. Now, I'm a Christian pastor. And uh, I go and I talk to people. I mean, I think the first order of business to me is just discovery, like just what's going on. How can I be of assistance? Because I believe God has a purpose for me there. And, you know, you you can't, I mean, in, in interacting with other people, you have to know, you have to assess or know or figure out what's going on. And a lot of times, I mean, I think people go into a lot of those kinds of situations like, okay, I'm going to say some spiritual thing. I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to leave. (laughs) And I, I guess that's fine. I mean, you know, people have only a certain amount of time in their day. To me, I want to go in and figure out how I can best assist. And especially if they don't believe, because I do, I do have a spiritual agenda, but I don't want to offend them. So I mean, if I go and ask a chunk of questions of, you know, how are you doing? What's going on? How can I help you? And just sort of feel out the situation, essentially, um, so as not to defy their, um, you know, personal boundaries. And then, you know, when I say, like, for instance, I say, hey, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'd like to pray for you. What can I pray for? So I'm kind of intersecting, you know, it's like the Venn diagram idea. I'm intersecting with them now on a personal level. I've kind of established at least some contact of appropriate, like, you know, I want to know what the deal is. And then from that point, like, I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm a Christian Now they can say I'm not a Christian. Okay. I'd like to pray for you anyway, (laughs) because that's what I do. That's, you know, that's, that's my, of course, in my case, it's actually my occupation, but it's also what I believe. So I'm, I mean, I will in a sense defy a certain, um, boundary that they may have based on what i believe to be true now if they say no do not pray for me all right i i you just say hey I'll, you know I, I could leave by either i can just say all right whatever or hey listen i'll pray for you we don't have to pray now that's great but that's what i do <laughs> so you know it's not defining my own moral idea but it's not offend- unnecessarily just offending them either
1: mm-hmm I think that's a really good I think that's a really good point because like it's it's hard to like also respect people's boundaries if it also um, somehow conflicts with your own convictions yeah right. I think that's I there's think a time and a place for being a jerk I, I completely agree and I think that's what boundaries are all about hmm. right it's when it's you're a jerk <laughs> and when you're not <laughs>
5: and if you're a jerk for a good reason <laughs>
1: yeah and I think that in your case if you insist on praying in the, with them anyway, I don't think I would like fault you for that. I wouldn't think that's bad, but I do. Right. I do think it's probably for the best to just leave somebody alone at that point and then pray for them by yourself. Right. You're gonna say right. something, Liz.
2: Um, I was gonna pivot the table a little bit because yeah. Um, so that is good from the point of someone who is setting up the boundary, and I think the other thing that Jessica was talking about is as someone who is. The receiving the person who's on the other side of the conversation is to be in good community you have to just not be so sensitive i think that's the other side of the coin is you as a community of christians we both need to be working both to be sensitive in the way we bring up our personal boundaries and to be to receive other people and support them in what they believe um mm-hmm. Without personally being offended or affected by that. And when I say what you believe, I mean those gray area things, not those black and white issues, just to be clear. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think that's, I think that is out of all of this, in my personal opinion, that is the hardest thing. And I think that's the thing that seems to destroy the relationships the most is someone coming in with a conviction or a boundary that is, contrary to your own and i wouldn't say pushing it on you but definitely making it very known to you and 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 in receiving that you maybe becoming bitter to the point where you don't want to hang out with them or or at the very least the relationship just gets weird um and i i see that a lot really in christian communities because there is a lot of nitpicky things there is a lot of gray areas where uh, maybe overarching beliefs are the same but there's a lot of secondary things that people seem to differ on and people can have just real weird relationships because of it, or people can leave churches because of it. So like, I mean, I'm curious to see what you guys think of any tips or ways that you have experienced someone having a a belief that's different from you, even pushing it on you and how you receive that and maintain that good relationship with them.
2: It's hard because I think that's something in my... Oh, sorry, I'm not... Um, that I am trying to learn. I have a lot of friends now who I feel like that is the source of conflict in our relationship right now. And I don't know how to handle it. So this is, this is a great conversation for me to be having. I imagine that the answer is somewhere in finding your identity in who you are and what you believe in Christ and not in what your friends think about you.
1: Yeah. I think... Um... I mean, going back to, like, one boundary that was definitely crossed for me lately was, like, I just, I felt very unnaturally offended by it, even though I shouldn't have. Because there's just somebody trying to be nice, but it was definitely them pushing something on me. It's an old acquaintance from high school, I don't know that well. And I mentioned that I was looking for jobs. And immediately he went on this five-minute speech about how great it is to work at the YMCA. And like this isn't even a good friend of mine <laughs> That was the and, last place I thought you would say And but. talking about how like this IT person there Makes so much money and all this stuff And he just went off He's like yeah I could get you in contact with her Blah 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 And like I appreciate the thought But it was So long of a speech And I was like we're not close Like this is weird It reminds me of um, Where was it it's kind of a weird connection but it reminds me in proverbs twenty five seventeen, and this is my favorite verse in all of proverbs let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house lest he have his fill of you and hate you
2: Ooh, yeah. weird basically
1: like <laughs> don't be all up in everyone's business too much yeah. because people will resent you for it
2: yeah that's yeah. good that's real good and i
1: think that's my favorite verse about boundaries is like because he's just saying like hey it down. Say what you need to, and then and then be, be gone with you. Mm.
2: <laughs>
5: well, I was just thinking, that made me think, like, you, <clears throat> there's a difference. I mean, people have all sorts of boundaries that you can't know. I agree with Tommy that, like, um, you know, you don't want to essentially go off. I mean, our culture today seems to enjoy the idea of rants. You know, everything from, you know, I mean... Any popular topic that's in the news, everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to have an opinion. I mean, you see a common thing in a lot of Christian blogs that's a response to dot, 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 whatever the current situation is. And I think there's a very human quality. Like, I mean, in your case, Tommy, like, I I don't think the guy meant ill. Oh, not at all. You know, he was... He was he was basically, and I think this is the human part of it. He's trying to sh- solve a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, you you presented a uh, problem to him, and he's trying to solve it. So I, I don't think it's a misrepresentation of his intent. Like it's not trying to like I'm trying to cross your boundary. It's <laughs> no, or or, yeah. or a boundary. It's like a human response to a that there's a you know I mean like the the most recent thing is the gun stuff that goes you know is going on the shooting in yeah. Parkland, Florida. And everybody's trying to figure out how to fix it, how to fix this great, grave problem that we have in America of gun violence. And, you know, I mean, we just don't solve these things easily. I think there's a big difference between fault and responsibility. I got this from the very eloquent um, theologian Will Smith, <laughs> believe it or not. But he was he, – I just saw this little clip of him talking about like the idea that – Something can totally be somebody's fault, but that doesn't mean that they take responsibility for it. And the example that he gave was like a divorce can be one person's fault, but the other person's happiness is not their responsibility. So again, it can totally be somebody's fault for yeah. for doing stuff. But the, the the people's well-being who are left in the wake of the other person's fault, it's not... It's, you, we have to take responsibility for ourselves, and to me, I think that's the thing. You can have good intent, but but someone can take that good intent wrongly, and it's still each one of our own um, things. Or to to be okay, <laughs> to be okay with God. And I think that I don't know if I think it was Liz who said it has to do with your identity, where you get your happiness from, where you get your Everything from, security really. security. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think to that end, I think this the way I can think about it in the simplest form is, you know, in regards to how do I how do I take stuff from other people like Tommy was mentioning without without ruining a relationship because I'm getting embittered or angry. And I think the e- the simplest way for me is, well, that shows that I am self focused. I am focused on myself. And when some sort of thing affects me, I immediately react to how it affects me, right? Versus... I
1: wasn't actually offended. I just found it moderately annoying. It's just a good example. We're just picking on you because
2: it's a good example. Yeah, we're going to go off
1: of this as an example, not even if it's true. As if if you are very insulting. So,
0: um, but good point. Um, And so it's like, okay, well, how do I change that? Well, I need to be focused on something else, and as a Christian that means focused on Christ. So if I'm completely Christ focused, even if someone is coming in with this really radical, intense, annoying uh, boundary that they are trying to push on me, it's it's not going to affect me, right? It's not going to ruin that relationship because I'm not thinking of, oh, how is it affecting me? And on the flip side of that, you know, how do I um, benefit those relationships around me as far as boundaries go? And I think the easiest way is, well, I should stop trying to fix someone. Like Annie was talking about, you know, fi- people trying to solve a problem and, and they see in other people, but just try to love them, right? Mm, preach. That, that's that's, a, that's, that's, that's the, a good word. Yeah, people don't want to be fixed. People, <laughs> people, even if they tell you their problems, they don't even necessarily want your solution. They no. just they just want a friend who's gonna love them. And and the Bible, I think, shows that that. You see Jesus going around, and there's these very real problems in the Roman government. What's he doing? He's hanging out at people's house, eating with them. Like, that was his solution to a lot of problems, is fellowshipping and and loving them in that way.
1: That's right there in John. It's Ben's favorite, our friend Ben's favorite verse. It's And Jesus said to them, coming up breakfast. Totally. (laughs) That's what he did.
2: I think one of the things Jessica and TJ were getting at is, if you do this— you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. Do do what? If you live your life, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to not think about how this is affecting me, but only think about how it's affecting you Mm -hmm. and you be very outward focused. They're saying their point was one point was that you put yourself in a vulnerable place. You put yourself in a position to be burnt out and possibly bitter. Is there a solution to that problem?
0: Well, and, and I totally get that, but I think, you know, kind of going back to what I said, if you are focused on Christ, then you have that strength of identity. You have that source of love and that source of strength that, in my opinion, solves that problem.
2: Man should not live by bread alone, but yeah. by every word yeah. of God.
0: Yeah, exactly.
5: There's something to socially reading a room. It's hard to do. It can be, you know, it's, for me, it's easy, much easier one-on-one than it is in a whole group of people, but you know there's definitely i mean here's like one kind of huge example of it um <clears throat> again this is kind of more culturally speaking when donald trump uh you know when that tape came out the of the bus where he talked about grabbing a woman's genitals like that violated a pretty major moral boundary in america like publicly yeah. like you just didn't say that you don't i mean even if people say those kinds of things in the locker room, which is what was talked about, you don't say that thing publicly. That's not, I mean, not that anybody that I know does such a thing or even really talks like that. He violated this thing and then it became part of sort of the public thing. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, he's doing it on a bus, not, maybe not knowing he's mic'd up, whatever. I, I, he, you know, it's, it violates this big thing and then it becomes a cultural thing. And now, you know, they say, they say these words on every newscast and all over America. And so it's become culturally, I don't think acceptable, but at least talked about. And I think the idea that we go into a social setting in a situation and read the room, we have what we feel is inappropriate or, or just embarrassing. Like we don't want to, we don't want to talk about or things that we feel like get, you know, they get, yeah, embarrassing is probably a good word for it. Like we don't, feel like we want to talk about things or that we become easily offended by them. And, you know, where we find, where each person finds that line is different. And, you know, that's part of just living in a, uh, sort of plural pluralistic society that there's more than one moral high ground, that there's more than, you know, one set, set of sensibilities when it comes to, um, you know, should I talk about religion or should I not talk about religion? Should I talk about, you know, salaries or not talk about salaries? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there are things that are off limits or not, and I think that's where we get into all of these topics and things. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. I don't know if that leads the conversation anywhere. Not, not really.
0: I think it's good.
4: <laughs> okay,
2: but okay. There's something really. There's something in there. I keep forgetting what it is, but it's something about morals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not going into conversations with the intent of being right, I think, is the key to a lot of these conversations. Like, you go into a conversation and you say, I say I have I had this whole long thing where I just hated the Hunger Games and everyone else in the world was wrong and the Hunger Games was a terrible terrible book and movie and oh, I'm, I'm right there with you oh thanks Tommy but um that as a silly example to things that can get very serious like we need to learn how to converse, have conversations with people and disagree and yeah. be okay definitely I think that is. Something that is affecting our entire cultural climate right now. We all need to learn, yeah. and Christians, if we could be the people leading the way in this, that would be amazing. To learn how to have a conversation. Yeah. And
5: well, don't you think inherent? Oh, Bingo. sorry. No go. Don't you think inherently, um, the idea, the word "boundary" means essentially a line you do not cross. That's, I mean, versus the idea of just an opinion. And I think we put boundaries. I mean, you know, we have states' boundaries. We have cultural bound, We have so many boundaries are things that you don't cross or don't cross without essentially consequence. But I think in a lot of ways, <clears throat> what people, what we maybe even are talking about is opinions. And opinions, you know, not only can both, opinions be true. I mean, like the opinion on whether a movie is good or not. Hmm. That's not necessarily a boundary. I mean, it's not a line that can't be crossed, or even that what you would cross and would have consequences to. Yeah. It's an opinion. And we've moved opinions into another realm. We've moved opinions into the idea that when our opinions are crossed, people are disputing now what would be like facts. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't it's almost like fact- it's,
0: it's a moral issue you know well
5: sure then it gets into this like I'm offended that you don't like my opinion well <laughs> I mean I, there's all sorts of people who don't like other people's opinions that's just <laughs> that's just life
1: yeah.
5: and and how we deal with each other I think we would be a lot more we would be a lot better to just say this is my opinion I like I did not love the Black Panther movie I oh. thought it was a little bit too much like The Lion King and <laughs> <laughs>
2: so- Tommy is very personally offended <laughs> no, I, somebody's I, gonna be offended with that okay. I know
0: you
1: know what's funny <laughs> is You're saying that because it's in Africa No, 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 I'm saying
2: that because there's
5: <laughs> No, because there's a dead king The kid wants to be the king The kid goes to an astral plane And his father says, you know, you're going to be okay You're going to do fine There's a bad guy who, who's a relative Who wants to also be king It's it's pretty similar Start looking at it Those it's, are some good points. It's similar <laughs> on a lot of levels
1: Wow, I actually <laughs> can't
5: deny this at all <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> And there's anyway. monkeys in it, monkey men people who he, – he's not the one who – they saved him, actually. Anyway, whatever.
0: Um, not to move away from Black Panther, but to absolutely move away from Black <laughs> Panther. Um, You know, it's, I think that you brought up a really good point about um, opinions going into the world of morality and boundaries. And, you know, what's funny is Paul actually talks about this um, in Romans 14, verse 20 <laughs> – Uh, And the background is, you know, people having differing opinions on what's permissible to eat. He says, Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. And so, basically, in all of these kind of ambiguous issues, he's saying, "Hey, if it's gonna, cro- if if you have this boundary, if you have this opinion on something, and it's gonna cause your brother to stumble, just keep it to yourself,
5: <laughs> right?" Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I struggle with this just because I don't keep things to myself ever, but it uh, it's it's hard to like have strong opinions and be you know sure of something and not be offensive about it hmm. just because like like you said like you just have to the culture is in a especially right now it's in kind of a f- fragile state where everyone has a very certain way of looking at it yeah and you know i think we're trying to make ourselves better
5: people like we want, we have to live with ourselves, and so when we try to make ourselves better people—not drink as much, or not swear as much, or lose weight, or whatever—we take those things. I mean, they're part of who we are. We're trying to be better people in a lot of ways. Yeah. And when whenever you take any of those kinds of things, or or identity th- issues as well, the music that you like, the clothes that you wear the color of your skin, even some of these things are <laughs> move into the realm of things that are not changeable. And I get that it's different. But I think in all of those things, whenever somebody expresses an opinion about them, whatever they may be, if they don't line up with your ideology or point of view, or then it's, it is offensive. And I think part of it is just simply learning how to on a personal level, learning how to not take an offense, yeah. because people can lay down something offensive or not. But for us to pick it up as an offense, that's where I think we personally get into trouble. Now, culturally, it goes into a lot of other areas. But personally, I think that's the thing is like, you know, you just don't have to pick it up. I mean, people can lay down all sorts of rude and and inconsiderate ideas, things, you know, opinions. I mean, that's you know, in the newspaper. They always used to have the op-ed column. I think they still do in many newspapers. Yeah. Opinion editorial. That that's their opinion. That's how they see it. You know, it used to be that the newspaper was the facts. You get the facts, and then <laughs> and then you go to the opinion editorial section, and you get your opinion. It's all the same. Now it's all the same.
1: <laughs> Another uh, one more thing I want to touch on before we before we say goodbye is that when you think about boundaries, and you think about like what our boundaries need to be as Christians, and what our boundaries are, you know, in our day-to-day lives. I think that as, like, I think brother to brother in Christianity, you know, brother to sister, sister to sister, all that, within Christ, like, if I'm talking to my Christian friends, I think sometimes there's too many boundaries. Hmm. I think I find it really hard to talk to people about things I really care about. Like, if I'm struggling with my faith or something, I find it easier to talk to people that aren't Christians. Because I don't, I tend to feel... And this is just me. I'm not saying everyone feels this way, but like it'd be harder for me to talk about it with David or Andy, or you know other Christian friends of mine, because I would feel like they're gonna give me homework. They're gonna give me, they're (laughs) gonna pray with me, and I'm gonna be uncomfortable or I'm gonna cry. But if I just talk about it with one of my friends who isn't a Christian, they're just gonna be like, "Oh well, you know, you you have to figure it out all out for yourself," and like that's the answer I want to hear and so like that boundary for me is hard to break and i think that one shouldn't exist Mm because if i'm going to talk about jesus i should talk about it well I should talk about both obviously but like if i'm struggling with something i should talk to my christian council and not right just randos right but
5: well i I mean this might go into another topic altogether but oh gosh (laughs) but i think that along those two yeah along those lines there there's you, I think I said earlier you have to live with yourself you have to I mean so many people the the idea is that you're essentially creating a narrative or a story or or you're trying to figure out how to be okay I mean everybody has that like everybody wants you know I mean we for example we, we got in this car accident with this girl and we're trying to, you know, she's not answering. And, and so I, I wake up in the morning thinking about, okay, should I do this or this? Should I do that or that? Should I say this or that? You know, you're trying to sort out and organize and figure out your, your life. And I think that includes your opinions, your boundaries, all of these things. And when they're not where you think they should be or where, whenever you're offending, I think there's a lot of just like, hand-wringing trying to sort all those things out and some of them are not sortable they're not they're not they're not you know we want things in categories and defined and explained and and put together in a way that we can feel like we can live with and when they're not we're we're in consternation we feel like things are not as they should be you know justice is not yet served or um you know and so And we want things right. And we want the people around us right and well. And um, when they're not that way, we're trying to figure it out. And so I think we're always going to, I mean, as long as we have people, we're going to have problems with boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's the nature of humanity that when our bubbles intersect with each other, there's going to, there's going to be friction. Right. Yeah. So another big picture kind of thing, I guess, but.
1: That's good, yeah, I mean, it's such a nebulous topic because we didn't narrow it down enough when we started, and so we're kind of attacking it from every angle, right um but it's it's kind of a tricky thing to talk about, but no, I think we've I think we've hit some some okay things. no, I yeah. think it's
0: good, I think uh, I mean, yeah, it's like you were saying it's a hard topic to tackle. it's very broad, ambiguous overarching, but um I think it's a needed thing, I think it's something that. You know we're we're dealing with people all day long every day, um, and it's something we all experience. So I think it's definitely worth talking about.
5: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool.
0: Well, should we end it there? Well, the deal with boundaries is <laughs> we'll just cut that and put that at the beginning. All right. Well, sounds good. See you guys. All
1: right. Bye. Bye. Right. Bye.